All right. Um, let's get started. It's almost 10.10. 10. Um, okay, so what we're going to go through today is... Okay, what we're going to try and go through today um, is finish off or get into VoidSec a little more. Um, what I want to do is, in anticipation of the anticipation of the, uh, the the project coming up, I want to try and analyze VoidSec in terms of the, the director's project. So almost do kind of like a, a community version of the director's project using VoidSec uh, in, in order to maybe help go over some aspects of the, the project, things like that. All right, how does that sound to everyone? Okay, great. Uh, before that, any questions or any comments? Anything that I'm missing or we need to, to touch on? Okay, good. So let's get into it. Um, so, as we know from the, the syllabus, the assignment anyway, um, we're going to take a look at the director's notes, right? Um, so if you could just open the, the PDF in the course content area to where it says uh, director's notes. Um, and I will give everybody uh, about two minutes to do that. So take a moment there. Okay. Uh, Carter, we are going to be looking at um, VoidSec in terms of the project due on Monday. And so if you could um, open the director's notes in the director project content area, we're going to use that in order to, to look at VoidSec. So just everybody is, is taking a minute here to do that. I'll give everyone another, another minute. Okay, so you'll notice here with the the director's notes, we have costumes, setting, style, those types of things. So and theme, and then the spine. So let's let's kind of take each one of these in in turn. I'm going to put aside costumes and setting for the time being. That's kind of up to you guys. That's sort of your creative mojo, you know, what what you want to put in to the project in, in that sense. But I am interested right now in talking about style. So let's take a look at what it says here about about style and then see if we could apply it to VoidSec. Uh, so right now, um, Clerman is writing about Tiger at the Gates, a, a very different play, but what he says here is, the play is a passionate comedy, passionate by virtue of the basic content, comedy in the writing. There's a certain detachment in Jardot's manner, sunny, playful, witty, behind a sly grin and an uncaring mode of speech. You must feel a tragic sense of life without tears. People are forces in this play, graphic symbols. They stand out in strong relief. Each posture, position, move must be sharply defined. So what we get here with style is um, this sort of a combination of genre and then the, the attitude, the, um, the sort of attitude or feeling or adjustment about the genre. 
So what would we say the style is for VoidSec? And you don't have to give necessarily a definitive answer, but let's maybe talk it out. So he starts here by saying the play is a passionate comedy. Um, what is VoidSec? Comedy, tragedy, romance, um, tragic comedy, rom... Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I don't know. And obviously it's tragic because he kills his wife, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So there's a sort of um, uh, a tragic comedy aspect to it. Uh, and let's hear, let's hear another opinion. And how, does, uh, how do other people feel about the style? So we have tragic comedy, and uh, Christina is saying it's tragic because of the plot, right? It, he kills his wife. That's very Othello-like, <laughs> you know. The, the, the Othello's a tragedy. This tends to be a tragedy. But there's sort of this... Um, but the style you would go for would be a sort of comic means of looking at the tragedy. That him, you know, um, only eating peas... You, you could play that for laughs, the monkey, the horse, all of that. So that's that's a really interesting thing to, or an interesting way of approaching Voidsack, right? Is that it's, um, it's kind of, a, it's comic with this tragic ending. Um, what do other people think? Mm -hmm. um, I guess I could see like why it would be like comedic, comedic tragedy, but at first I just thought, oh, it's just pure tragedy. Okay. Um, also because of the plot. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the plot certainly is tragic. Uh, but what maybe what kind of angle would you take, right? So here it's it's comedy that Clerman is talking about with the Tiger at the Gate. It's a comedy, but he says it's a passionate comedy. This is a tragedy. But Martha, you would say, what type of tragedy is it? Honestly, not sure. Okay. I mean, no, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no wrong answers here. We're just sort of um, spitballing in the way to, to kind of practice for the assignment. Okay. Um, we might say it's it, it's an absurdist tragedy, right? So I, I would I could argue that I don't know if I I would put that down if I was doing this assignment, but um, you could say that it is absurd in the sense that it is um, um, it's representing a, a world that doesn't make sense, right? That you can't like scientifically describe. We might say it's an expressionistic tragedy in the sense that you might imagine this entire world to be an expression of, um, you might imagine this entire world to be an expression of uh, void sex kind of inner demons or, or damaged psychology, right? We could say it's a surreal tragedy. It's, it's dreamlike. You might want to direct this as if it's a dream. Um, I know the, I think it's the old Vic did a version of this with uh, the the guy from the new Star Wars trilogy. I think his name's John Borgia. I, I don't remember his name. Um, but the the guy who plays the hero in the the new the newest Star Wars trilogy, um, and they did a version of Voidsec with him playing Voidsec, and it was uh, a kind of like um, a survivor of war, and so they made it expressionistic like the the weirdness of Wojciech is sort of a post-traumatic stress type thing and so that was expressionistic and the justification was they were trying to capture the post-traumatic stress aspect um, 
Good. So, great. So that would be kind of a way of approaching style, right? It's like thinking about genre, and then what is your angle on it? So if you're doing the misanthrope, comedy of manners, you know, maybe maybe that's the genre and then how how do you want to how do you want to talk about it is it a passionate comedy of manners is it a kind of reserved conservative comedy of manners is are are you going to go for more of like a, a ribald comedy of manners and you don't have to land on comedy of manners either um you just have to be able to to explain why you're making the choices you're making so good let's jump to theme next so this is what um, Clerman writes about theme in, in the uh, template. The play is about the struggle against destiny. The tiger represented this by Destiny is reality, the natural world without morality, beautiful like the face of Helen, pitiless without mind or soul. The struggle is between the idealists, Hector and Andromache, who combat destiny and those who yield to it. Gaily like Paris, stupidly like Democus and Priam, and those who want to see only the pretty side of destiny. Helen herself is on all sides, and no side, except that she is um, magnetized by what is pretty. All right, so let's get into that. We'll talk about the theme as struggle. Okay, so what is the big struggle in this play, in Wojciech? All right, so, so we talked a lot about the different conflicts in Wojciech. Um, let's, let's pick out one, right? Um, what is one struggle that Wojciech is in, engaged in? What's, what's a big one, right? So he, he kills his wife. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go for it. Okay, so, so uh, talk more about that. Define that struggle a little more. Um, well, should talk about it uh, as it is, right? So, doesn't, I, I, it, well, doesn't it mean like because he's poor, he's you know more? I don't know, actually, I don't know if it's like more religious, but like it connects him to his like spiritual side. I mean, is that what it is, or is it more just him? I mean, I don't know really. It's kind of confusing. Okay. Um, I don't know. So. I, I don't know if it connects him to a religious identity. Um, you, you'd have to kind of find evidence for that because that that jumps out at me as uh, I'm not sure about that. But I love how you define it as a struggle against poverty. I think that's that's exactly right. And so you you could start you know if if you're doing Wojciech in this project, you could start by saying this play is about the struggle against poverty, right? And that's great. And then so you know, poverty is, is a reality of whom in this play? Um, like how, how is poverty manifested? Right. And you could talk briefly about, um, you know, how the struggle is the struggle against poverty is manifested in this play. So let's, let's go with, um, let's go with your, uh, your analysis of the theme, right? Your, your kind of, um, your sentence summary, summary of the theme, and I'll, I'll bring this up to everyone. How is the struggle against poverty depicted in this play? Let's look at some, some evidence. Um, well, he participates in an experiment that basically like, like tears down his mental and physical health just like to be paid for it. So 
Exactly. Great. So that that's um, the various things he does for money, which he and he gives over to uh, to the the father to, to the father to the the mother of his child. They, you know, they, they harm him, right? And they're a consequence of poverty, and that results in him kind of going crazy because he's only allowed to eat peas as part of the scientific experiment. Um, he has to kind of continuously submit to the, you know, the the will of the uh, the people above him. Like he's do he does kind of odd jobs for is the general or the corp the captain. He has to do odd jobs for the captain, um, and then even there, there is because of his poverty, there's sort of um, a, a lack of respect for him. Right there, there he isn't really considered um, particularly valuable, except how he could be used. Okay, great. Um, so that, yeah, that could be definitely uh, a part of that. Um, good. So we could talk about, you know, the, the struggle against poverty as part of this play. What might be another way of defining the struggle of this play? Poverty is one of the biggest problems he has, and he can't really escape it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, maybe like you're, you're talking about not being able to escape. Um, maybe it's a, a struggle against social position, right? That's that's another way, and poverty could be evidence of that struggle. Um, both of those, I think, are accurate for this play. It's just you as a director, your role in this this project, you get to choose what angle you want to focus on so if you want to say like being trapped in a social position the, the struggle is against um, uh, defined social position right um, and what holds people in these social positions well in, in the case of Wojciech it's poverty in the fact that you know he he can't you know he, he can't get out of poverty um, it, it may be that he's kind of born into this position and maybe that, you know, he has a, a child, so now he really can't, uh, you know, can't advance in ways in which a person with fewer obligations could. Those are all ways of describing the, the struggle within the context of, of your project. And I think there's a lot of evidence, of course, in this play for, for looking at social position as being kind of, of damning um, or, or containing. Uh, you know, we see with the um, the scene. I think it's on page one twenty five between him and the apprentices, and we have this this idea there of people kind of being contained, put on a track, right, unable to move. And they talk about the apprentices and Wojciech talk about um, that there's these jobs, and you know that um, that man exists so that people with jobs have the job to do, you know, being, uh, I think that the shoemaker is one of them. Man exists. So the shoemaker has someone to make shoes for. Right. And so there's this kind of idea of, of social containment of the inescapable role somebody is born into. It's good. That is definitely a, another way of looking at that. Great. So with all that in mind, you then have to define the spine of the play which you had a little practice with in the previous assignment. So how would you guys then define the spine of this play? he was in and like the ways he was trying to get money it 
led him to be like super mentally unstable and like he just ended up going crazy. Okay. Good. So, um, the struggle against poverty, um, to struggle against poverty. Okay. Okay. So the spine of the play, the thing that's connecting it together, is struggling against poverty, and um, and it's it's more than just in order to get money. It's struggling against kind of the the psychological ills of poverty, struggling against the the um, uh, uh, the feeling of worthiness or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Great. I think that's a great spine. I say to struggle against poverty um you know more than in order to find money uh trying to find find position or worth okay good i think that's that's a good reading any other readings of what this spine could be Okay, good. So from there, we then, uh, as part of the project, start to look at individual characters. And you can see the tiger at the gate. It has like a, all of the characters. Uh, and so you'd give the spine of the character and then, um, then a kind of a description of who this person is. Uh, so we have the spine... Looking at the the first example that Clerman gives, it's Hector, and you can see that in your your PDF. And the spine is to quell the tiger, and we know from this the tiger is what the hell is the tiger again? Uh, uh, do, 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 do. destiny, right? So to quell destiny. <laughs> so that's a that's a big big idea. Um, and it says here, a full man, a fighter, but not a fanatic idealist. He has begun to hate war, but not because he has no feeling for it. He is tender, but capable of rage. He is tolerant, but inclined to savage disdain, which becomes murderous anger. He kills Democus. Democus. I don't know how to pronounce it. There is integrity in him, not the integrity of the one-tracked mind. His integrity is a matter of control. The balance of opposing impulses. Profoundly serious. He has humor, irony, and wisdom. All right. So let's do that type of thing and let's give the spine for um, one of these characters right so the obvious one I think to start is Voidsec so what is the spine of Voidsec what is Voidsec trying to do throughout this entire play I think this is actually a pretty hard question what he's trying to do, do throughout the play is to be in control of his emotions and his thoughts going on in his head because it seems like he's fighting between what he's thinking and what reality is mm -hmm. okay so we have here good I think he I think controlling the emotions in his head seems a little vague to me but I think you're absolutely right that he's like he's fighting for reality and actually um, maybe that's the spine to see reality right because he's he's you know he is not sure exactly what Maria is doing um, he has these he keeps having these visions of like the world on fire he has these these horrible hallucinations um, and so I, I think a great spine for this like to see what's going on or to even phrase it that way I think is, is good um, so I'm, I'm actually going to say on you uh, Tia give some kind of description so with Hector we get from the from the PDF we get the description a full man a fighter but not a fanatic idealist um, give me you know like the two or three or four sentence description of, of void sec 
isn't he a soldier coming back from war, right? Okay. Yeah, he was he's working. Mhm. Can you repeat the question again? Sure. I I'd say uh, give a description of Voidsack. Give it like okay, a few so sentence description. So he's a soldier coming back from war and he's poor. He um does various jobs to to make ends meet, I guess. Mhm. And he's kind of going through um, some mental illness. He's going through that. And throughout the play, he's trying to figure out reality. And, yeah. Okay. Good. That's somewhat what you were asking. Yeah, it's a description of what the character is doing in the play. Good. Um Good. So let's talk about his, um, what kind of person he is in terms of, of qualities, right? Um, who can, who can give that? So, so the, the quality example, again, going back to Hector here, uh, there is integrity in him, in him, not the integrity of the one tracked mind. His integrity is a matter of control, the balance of opposing impulses. So it seems like the word integrity is what's important for understanding Hector. Understanding Hector's kind of internal uh, internal characteristics, his personality. What might be the, the one word description for Voidsack's internal characteristic or personality? I would say he's very intelligent because I know last class we were talking about how he's probably the most the smartest person in the play so mm -hmm. yeah, I would say that okay great 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 so intelligence there's great intelligence in him great um, so so talk more about that what uh, what what does his intelligence do right how does he use his intelligence I know what I'm thinking. I just can't really say it into words. That's okay. Right That's so, yeah. That is fine. Is anybody getting a reverb? Sorry to, to cut the conversation. Um, is there an echo in in you guys' speakers, or is that just me? Um, I'm not getting that. You're not getting that? Okay, fine. Sorry. Uh, I, I just thought there was something wrong with the sound. Anyway, okay. I mean, that's fine. So we have... Um, we have... Uh, so Tia has been taking the lead here and, and done a great job. So we have this idea of like seeing the world for what it is. How do we describe Voidsack? Well, we got the, the plot, you know, kind of the, the description of what he's done with his life. But then Tia has, has honed in on the characteristic of his intelligence. He's really intelligent. So let's, let's uh, keep building on Tia's good work. Um, maybe how does this intelligence interact with the spine to see the world how it is. And let's help Tia out. She she has been doing all of the work in this in this short section. Um, Okay, so if if the spine, the kind of goal here is to, the thing Wojciech wants is to see the world how it is, and and his one of his defining characteristics is intelligence. How might that intelligence be employed in the play? So we, we might see that he is 
using his intelligence to see the world how it is. Right? That could definitely be um that could definitely be a way of uh, of using the kind of uh, characteristics of Voidsec to talk about the spine of this play. Okay, good. And and so that that kind of um that kind of thing. And so in the, in the next paragraph in the PDF example of Hector, uh, Clerman writes, he has returned to Troy converted, a changed man. He was not always the Hector we first meet. He is a romantic hero, once romanticized, who, who once romanticized war, but his romanticism has now been tempered by new maturity. And so what Clerman is giving us is the kind of example, right? He's, he's returned to Troy. Not a big example, but what's important here is we see how um, we see how Hector has changed, right? So I might ask you guys, like, how has Voidsec changed over over the course of of this play? So at the beginning of the play, he's doing all of these odd jobs for the captain, for the scientist, in order to make money. All that which go, all that goes to Marie. By the end of the play, he is murdering Marie and trying to hide the the murder weapon. So, what we have here is that, um, you know, the 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 change, the development. Has gone from um, has gone from somebody who uh, is is doing everything for for Marie, um, and then in trying to see the world how it is, um, it it sort of drives him more and more crazy until he um, until he kind of throws off those duties or those responsibilities that he has. So that would be, that could be potentially a way of, of reading Voidsec in order to fulfill the goals of the assignment. Okay, so, so let's go to the next part here. And this is the, the working script. And so this is also um, in the director's folder right there, that, that content folder. So take a look at that. Uh, I'll give you a minute to open that up. Okay, uh, and you can see here the, the this we covered before, but you could see the the waltz of the Toreadors, um, and Act One, Scene Two, and what we get is the different actions of the different characters. So the doctor says something; his action is to advise. Gislan, uh, uh, I think is how we say that. Um, the action there is like to hear the results, right? to listen for the results. I think actually would be better. But um, regardless, that that's the idea. And there are these kind of imperative, uh, excuse me, infinitive verbs listed out through this scene. So let's grab a scene from from Voidsec. Um and give the the try and give an analysis as well. Uh, so let's see. Anybody have a scene in particular they're interested in? So. Let's let's maybe look at uh, scene seven, the pissing in the street scene. Um, good. So let's look at the first kind of um, 
dialogue exchange, Dr. Wojcik, Dr. Wojcik. And what we're looking for here is right now just the actions. Just what is, what is each action that the characters are going for? The doctor starts. He says, I don't believe it, Wojcik, and a man of your word. Wojcik, what's that, doctor, sir? I saw it all, Wojcik. You pissed on the street. You were pissing on the wall like a dog. And here I'm giving you three groschen a day plus board. That's terrible, Wojcik. The world's becoming a terrible place. But doctor, sir, when nature, and then we have a longer speech from the doctor, um, when nature, when nature, what does nature do with it? Did I or did I not prove to you that the musculus constrictor vesicae, vesicae is controlled by your will? Nature, Wojcik man is free. And it, and it keeps going. So let's take a look at that. In these first lines of this scene, what is the doctor doing? What is his action? Um, he's scolding Wojcik. Sure, to scold, right? Excellent. That It's that easy, to scold. Good. Um, what is Wojcik's action? Okay, yeah, to defend, to defend himself. Great. It's, it's that, this part of the assignment really is that easy. It's it's supposed to be um, just a means of looking at this in terms of, of what these characters are doing. Um, but those kind of actions, uh, really laying it down just in, in forms of these infinitive verbs. To scold, to defend, to defend himself, if you want to you put it that way. So in like the adjustments... Like column, mm -hmm. what are we? Are we just supposed to like describe like their actions or something? Yeah. Like like, like describe what's going on. So we like put the action like to scold, and then for the adjustments, would we say like the doctor is like yelling at Voitsek for like peeing or something? Sure, and and the way you could do that is so if we look at the um, look at this sample, right? Uh, you could see the sample, right, Christina? Okay, good. Um, that that's definitely a way you could do that, right? So there's a, a few means. the The real simple way that's perfectly acceptable is to put an adverb, right? So you could see here in this first example from the waltz. Uh, then you must make haste, general. One good honest explanation. Cut to the quick before gangrene sets in. Da 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 da. Um, he's advising to advise is the doctor's point. Um, the doctor's worried that this person who is going to get gangrene, so he's advising, or she's advising, I have no idea what gender, gender this doctor is, advising in a strong way, strongly advising, to advise strongly, right, urgently, desperately. But if we turn to, on the pagination, um, page 270, um, you can see the action here, to fight off being rushed, the adjustment, this is the nervousness of the man on the verge of doing something. He wants to do, but fears. Okay? Impatient. A, a real woman. Whatever <laughs> whatever that means. Um, I guess it's his, his feeling about her. But um, how they're doing it. So this adjustment is, is written out in a long way, but really you could just write nervously to fight off being rushed. How is this person fighting off being rushed? Nervously. Right? Okay. And if you want to describe why, that's perfectly acceptable. Um, okay. Yeah, well, they do in the, the rest of the scene, right? It's not not on the first page, but if you go through the scene, you could see, um, you could see the, the different act some activities, right? Uh, not every line needs an activity. That would just be, you know, like somebody constantly doing things. Um, the amount of activities in this scene is about how many activities you should be searching for, right? So. I don't know, count them up in the scene and, and assume based upon the page length that you want to roughly do do that many. Um, but so let's, if you go to page, uh, for a good example of this on page 272 of the PDF, um, we have here the action, um, actually from page 270, to fight for her due, um, 
the activity and there's a collection of activities, a collection of adjustments that this person is, is engaging in. So she starts to fight for her due. So we'll, we'll talk through this and get to the activity and how, how it factors in. Um, the action on page 270 is to fight for her due. Okay. Um, adjustments, impatience. So she's impatiently fighting for her due. Um, urgency. She's feeling harassed. So urgently, um, more reasoned, it says. So she's, you could even write that more reason. She's, she's rationalizing why she's owed something. Then we get power, powerfully, um, tearfully, exasperated, um, uh, et cetera, you know, icily, tearfully, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> you know, write things, you know what it means. Um, I, I don't know this play particularly well, so I don't know what icily, tearfully, tearful means. Um, but you could see the little adjustments, right? Um, reasoning, uh, powerful, uh, tearful, exasperated. Um, and then on page 272, rapid suggestions, uh, and then we get the activity. Uh, he's holding his head in agitated confusion. So the kind of the action, or excuse me, the activity is um, just kind of uh, grabbing his head. The activity in response to this turns to go, stops for a second. Find actions, uh, activities, things the characters can do that express or reveal the, the action or the adjustment. Okay. So, you know, um, standing rigidly at one point, swinging the body back and forth, turning to go, what might be, be best would be something really defined, right? So let's actually do this. Let's talk this through with Voidsec and with this scene. Um, so we have, I don't believe it, Voidsec and a man of your word. What's that doctor, sir? I saw it all, Voidsec. You pissed on the street. You were pissing on the wall like a dog. So, um, we said already, what is, uh, we, we said already the doctor's action is to scold, right? Um, what activity should the doctor be doing at that point? Maybe like waving his hands at him or something, or like pointing his finger at him. Sure, sure. You could be pointing his finger at him. He be he could grab him to pull him inside. Um, great. And so we said about uh, Wojtek that his his action here is to defend himself. Um, what activity could he be engaging in? Okay, and that's fine. You also don't have to, to come up with, you know, um, an activity on every line, right? Okay. You know, it could be that uh, Wojcik resists. He doesn't want to go with the doctor. Um, you know, he kind of pulls back or he could just go along with the doctor, uh, you know. He, uh, and Wojcik seems to be like, when we talked about adjustments, it seems like Wojcik is defending himself to defend himself. And he's kind of reasoning it, reasoning right? Rationalizing um, his defense, right? He's just not screaming at the doctor. He's saying, um, you know, uh, when nature calls, basically, you have to go to the bathroom. When you have to go to the bathroom, you have to go to the bathroom. Uh, and so maybe he could, um, in reasoning, try and hold his ground, stop, explain, things like that. There's some activities that are a little more obvious, like in the first scene, um, the captain and Wojcik shaving him. What is the activity that Wojcik is engaging in in the first scene? Well, he's shaving the captain. It's right there already in the play. Um, and so activities are kind of a, a, a more practical aspect to this assignment. Okay. How, do, how does that sound to people so far? 
like pretty straightforward to me. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Think the most straightforward uh, you can about this, right? Think about um, going through the play uh, and coming to some kind of straightforward conclusions about these different parts of the assignment. So let's jump ahead to whoop, hit the mic again. The last part of the assignment, which is uh, the director's letter. Okay. Um, this is probably the more more complex part of the assignment. Um, and at this point, you, they're talking about um, what kind of the what the genre is. Um, what the angle is. Um, there is still stuff about the dramatic struggle, uh, you know, which you, you've probably talked about already up to this point. Um, but what you want to do here is kind of outline in a letter to almost like to your designers, to your team, who's putting, putting together the play, um, how you want this production to go, right? What's your reading of this play and, uh, and how you want it put on, right? And so with, with this letter about the creation of the world, um, there's a lot of detail, for example, you see this on page 296 about setting. Uh, we might, we must forget the setting once we have admired and felt its tone. The setting should not express the play, but serve as a background, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it should represent what the Germans call Erdball. Um, you are not required to know any German for this. Uh, a globe, a circle, the world itself. The circle should be made from the inner frame behind which the action takes place and in front of which, if possible or desirable, Lucifer may step out of God's reach and soliloquize but everything is contained within the circle. Um, and so the, the kind of design concept here is a big circle, <laughs> right? Which represents the globe or the earth or something like that. Um, so imagine when approaching Wojciech, what would be a design element, right? Because you can change the set, but oh, I mean, you could change something of the set, but only so frequently, right? You, it, this isn't a movie. You can't change the set every five minutes uh, or every 35 seconds or something. So what would be like a grand set? One thing you could do, and this is why we looked at Peter Brook, would be a, a Brechtian approach, right? When we talked about Bertolt Brecht and have that bare back stage that's empty and just have maybe a, a revolving set. And so different little props that are necessary for these different scenes kind of revolve out. This would make a lot of sense, and you can justify it. Harold Clerman, in his letter here, justifies why he's why the circle is encompassing, and why Lucifer is able to actually step out of the circle. Right, so he's using the circle shape because this play is about um, the, the creation of of the world, and Lucifer is somebody who kind of stands outside of God's creations because you know. He's Lucifer. Um, and so there's a space for Lucifer to stand. If you're going to do it like a Brechtian version of this play, where we don't have a set, we see the back wall and we only use like a revolving stage. Well, why would you do that? Um, well, this you can then show um, not a kind of theatrical fun experience, even though it hopefully will be fun, but you could show an highlight Buchner's argument about poverty, right? And this connects back to the first thing we were talking about with the spine. And we're not looking at a, um, a fully fleshed out magical world or something like that, but we're looking at the social conditions that create, that create murderers, right? It, it's poverty, it's um, being trapped in a social position, something like that. And so the set reflects that. You could also do a wacky kind of experimental version of the set um, where it, it's filled with kind of um, misshapen, uh, misshapen set pieces. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's in a room and the room is kind of Tim Burton-like, if people know Tim Burton movies, 
where the everything is kind of weird and gothic looking and that could reflect the damaged um, mental condition caused by poverty that void sex experiencing and so the set itself becomes an expansion of void sex uh, uh, damaged psychological character there's really a lot of room for you to kind of experiment um, and come up with something cool just so long as you can justify it within your reading of the play now and a lot of this stuff won't work for other plays if you're doing the misanthrope and you do like a brechtian version of the misanthrope th that you know maybe that's a little harder to get away with you you could still do it and get an a um you just have to to make a pretty clear justification right typically Brechtian versions of the misanthrope aren't done. That's because the misanthrope is, you know, may, misanthrope is kind of a conservative play. It, it isn't revolutionary. Um, it doesn't have kind of like a revolutionary writer in the way Wojciech does. Um, but really, that's, that's kind of a way of, of doing the assignment. And we'll pick up with this more. We, I know we have Balinese Theater to look at on, on Friday. Um, but we will... We will keep going with this and very good. Any other questions? And if, if no other questions, it is 11 o'clock and you are uh, free to go. Thank you. Oh, I was actually wondering sure. like, how like much of a scene did you want us to do for um like the director's notes, I think it was. Sure. I, I think I said five pages. I'm trying to okay. pull up my syllabus. Um, I think it is on the syllabus. Oh, one second. Let me, uh, I'm, I'm just getting the syllabus open. Um, Yeah, I actually I don't say in the syllabus. I'm sorry about that. Um, I, I you could do do about five pages. So if you're doing like one scene, so obviously the scene we did in Voidsec is too short, right? It's it's a page and a half. So you know, do, do about five pages, you know, like five to eight. Um, so like the scene should be five pages, or like we should be writing five pages. No, the scene should be about five pages. Okay. Yeah, because you're not. You, I mean, you're going to write five pages in those columns because each page is going to, you know, have an action adjustment, but you're you know it's you you could see with the um with the pdf right that it's like this is the amount this is the amount you're writing it's it's really not that much that you're writing it's more of kind of coordinating um or getting the the right activity in action okay mm -hmm. all right thank you oh you're welcome